And now, the Stage Life 918 podcast with your hosts, Frank Gallagher and TJ Clark. Hello and welcome to the Stage Life 918 podcast. I am TJ Clark. I am Frank Gallagher. Good to be back. We're going to kick things off right into it. We're going to get right into it. With some goings on this weekend, Frank. Are you ready to hear Absolutely. the goings on? More All right. activity this weekend. Listen up. Here's an opportunity for actors and wannabe actors. The Tulsa Artist Fellowship is accepting online applications from actors who would be interested in working with Tulsa area writers during the creation process of new works for stage and screen. So local playwrights and screenwriters looking for actors to bring their works to life. You can find the link at Stage Life 918 blog page which is stagelife918.com slash blog. There's also uh, Avita auditions happening. Theater Tulsa is holding auditions for uh, Brace of Musicals this Saturday. Their January production of Avita and their more immediate production of Amadeus. Auditions will be July 22nd from 1 to 4 at Kendall Hall at the beautiful University of Tulsa campus. Prepare two 32-bar cuts of contrasting musical pieces Avita will be directed by uh, former guest uh, Michelle Dill. That's right. She was just on a couple of weeks ago. That's right. Uh, very colorful lady, right? She is absolutely. Yeah, she had she had shocked us with some of her language. Don't you remember? <laughs> That's right. Oh, I remember. I count every F word on the show. I, I've got a notebook. I and keep track. Keep a record. It's, it's a weird thing I do. Don't judge me, Frank. Um, and Amadeus will be directed by Wits and Hannah. Who I understand has a very colorful vocabulary of his own. Frank. No, no, no. That that is completely in the past now. Wit has turned over a new leaf. He is meek and mild. Oh, okay. A a huh? All right. Yeah, we've got a couple more things going on. Uh, performances. We have uh, Boston Avenue Methodist Church has their annual Broadway musical that's coming up this weekend. They are doing a Friday and a Sunday show. Uh, I was. Uh, happy to direct last year uh, i had a great time with uh, anything goes this year it is the adams family so that's happened it's a great group of people they've been doing this for like 25 years having one show a year so uh, cool. it's a good group of people to work with uh, F- spotlight theater hosting the drunkard As they say they do. They, yeah they do i think pretty much every week <laughs> when i go down there by. they don't seem to be interested in hosting me however they, <laughs> oh really yeah i know oh, what they you do get their story straight uh-oh all right, uh, finally, Sense and Sensibility is playing this weekend only at the Ideal Ballroom. That uh, is an adaptation of a novel by Jane Austen, and we are going to leave the rest of the details of that to our very special guest today, who is Megan Hurley, the director of the show. Hey, Megan. Hey, guys. How are you? It's great to have you here. Yeah, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So, uh, Jane Austen. All right. So, uh, the name sounds familiar. I mean, is she from Austin? <laughs> is this like a Texas gal we're talking about? No. I <laughs> believe she was from England. Uh, died actually 200 years ago yesterday. Oh, uh, oh my God. So, yeah. In uh, oh. 1817. Was she sick? I didn't even know she was sick. Um, well, I don't think you were alive when oh, she died. Oh, so, okay. All right. So, 200 All right. years. I mean, you look Bison really good for, yeah. for 200 years. Probably better than she does at this yeah. point. <laughs> exactly, okay, exactly. All right. Uh, well, my wife is actually a big fan. Of course, I'm very familiar with Jane Austen. Uh, she actually, my wife, this is not Jane Austen, my wife read all of her books in about a 12-month period. This was about two years ago, and she's become addicted ever since. We have at least three, maybe more of the screen adaptation. You know, Mr. Darcy and, right. Uh, yeah, Mr. I have. Mr. I have. Knightley, right? So, so anyway... Um, 
The, uh, I'm very proud that you know names. That's that's really really good. I've been I think studying. Frank's life has made him memorize. I these know, names right? So I'm on Wikipedia Wikipedia every day. I'm like increasing my vocabulary. Um, yeah. So the adaptation. How did you come across this particular adaptation? Well, it was interesting. We were looking at a bunch of different plays. Uh, we wanted something fun. I uh, we were. We came up with a summer of love, and so we were looking for fun little romantic stories, some with a little or something tied to love. So we had every brilliant thing, we had uh, uh, constellations locked down, and then we were trying to find something a little bit more lighthearted. And I came across um, Sense and Sensibility and Adaptation, and it just clicks along. It's a it's a really neat. Uh, version it's it skips through pretty quickly we only have about like six blackouts okay. uh, so right. it, you know while we still have the proper British you know uh, way that we speak and greet each other and you know say hello like 20 times to everybody in the room before you start saying what you uh, really are there for bows yeah everybody. bows bows right. bows yeah. uh, it it's it gets you through the story fairly quickly uh so it's fun it's silly um it actually has gossips in it uh the gossips Gossip. uh actually start the play off and and carry it uh, the through line they they kind of update the audience during transitions this is like the narration right. sort of, yeah the gossip, so it, right. it's like we have a great chorus of sorts you know and it's great for the facebook age right yeah I'm exactly sure so it, which is fun because like marianne will be writing a letter and then the gossips will steal it from her and take <laughs> it and read it and like and then they run off and uh so it's it's silly and it's fun and you know everything ends well in the end so well of yeah. course it's uh, all it, it usually ends well yes uh marianne is one of the two sisters which yes. are the main characters yes. basically right yes. okay uh eleanor i believe is the other That's yes correct, correct. eleanor okay. is is the main all right um so these two sisters if i understand it and i have to be honest i have not read read the book but they represent sense and sensibility. Isn't that basically true? Yeah. Yeah. Meaning? Well, so Eleanor is our more practical, grounded one. She's a little bit more shy. Marianne is um, the free spirit, uh, wears her heart on her sleeve. Very dramatic. Reads, sensibility. She reads right. Hamlet, Sensual. and yeah, she's just... You know, they're they're opposite, polar opposites, but they love each other dearly. So, so which one are you? If you had to pick. Oh, I'm Marianne. Marianne. Yeah, Marianne. <laughs> sure, I'm, I mean, definitely younger days, Marianne. I've added a little bit more Eleanor as I've gotten older and had to run a few companies. So. <laughs> and who do you actually have in the roles for this? So I have Kara uh, uh, Bellavia playing Eleanor Dashwood, and I have Holly Harper playing... Uh, Marianne Dashwood, and they are fantastic. And uh, our Marianne sings, and uh, Holly is a music major at TU, and she's got an incredible voice. So I was like, hey, here, "Could you, could you try this one?" And <laughs> she's singing a acapella right now, and it's just incredible. Are, are, so, is there singing in the show? Am no, I just she, okay. it's in the background. Oh, she she plays fantastic. and she sings. Oh, of so. course, because. All well brought up ladies That's right. play the piano. And they they paint and they <laughs> write <laughs> and they yes and they embroider and we have a lot of embroidery happening. A lot of and embroidery. sketching. It was the century of embroidery, I believe. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> now Jane Austen is uh, 
sort of considered one of the pioneers of the romance novel. Yes. Wouldn't you say that's true? Yes, I yeah. agree. I mean, so like heaving bosoms. I mean, I looked at the book. There are no heaving bosoms on Sense and Sensibility. No, but the uh, Empire Waist dresses did. There was very little fabric little, little covering the top. Yeah, it was a lot of push up and a lot of cleavage still uh, during well, the Regency era. Is it in is it in period dress that you bring it up? It is, it oh, is. They are doing final touches as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Well, were you open in two days uh, yeah, from our interview? You lots open on of Friday. lace being sure, added on today. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think I noticed uh, Megan's bosom heaved just a tiny bit when I mentioned Mr. Darcy. Oh yeah. What do you think? She definitely yeah. got flushed. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. Oh. My wife. I think I feel like I'm being compared to Mr. Knightley by my wife sometimes, oh. and I'm definitely not coming up. Oh. Yeah, I'm just a little behind. Um, Frank but, has some uh, issues here. With, you know, yeah, obviously. So. The challenge of doing a period piece. Yes. Okay. Uh, costumes are obviously a huge deal. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, and there's also that sense of, I mean, this was a couple of hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's the challenge as far as bringing that to life for a modern Posture. Ah. Oh. Everybody sits on the edge of their seats. It's, uh, they're not really sitting. They're perched, I guess, is, is what you would say. So, I mean, as I'm sitting here, my shoulders are slumped over. You know, everything is straight back and, and, and ready to stand at any moment if anybody were to walk in the room. Um, addiction is really important. Uh, you know, trying to conquer that. British dialect has also sure. <laughs> been not a cockney. challenge. It's not Cockney. Not Cockney. No, no, no. It's it's more British RP, which is a little higher. Little. We do have some country folk in the show, but they're it's still pretty clean as far as no Cockney. Who's doing the costume? I Nicole Martin, and she is one of our newest board members. So she has gathered costumes from all over town and beyond uh, to and she's oh, I'm sure. kind of transformed some what I would say not period dresses into period dresses they've, they've yeah. done some really interesting things so <laughs> was, I was like I looked at a few pieces and went tell me how that is going to work <laughs> and then last night the guys walked out and I was like holy crap they look really good and they're just strutting around after a while just look how great we look well, yeah. <laughs> so about putting on the costume right kind of automatically helps yes costume, so. exactly yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and we have the top hats and they didn't want to take their costumes off at all <laughs> yeah. last night they were like can we can we get, can we wear them the whole night like, yes, corsets yes. for the ladies no no corsets no? Okay. Uh, just no it, it's because that determines your posture right there. Yes, if, yeah. yes, yes. No corsets, I just heaving bosoms. Well, now, the <laughs> other challenge, you are in a very different space. Yes. Right? You're in the yeah. IDL ballroom now. Now, I went last uh, weekend and mm-hmm. saw Constellations and Every Brilliant Thing. And, and by the way, they were they were great shows. They really were. Thank I really you. appreciate it. But these are small cast shows. Uh, yes. Constellation, I had two actors. Every Brilliant Thing was a solo show with Rick Harrelson. Uh, you have like, I believe, 17 cast members. Is that 16. Correct? 16, 16 yeah. cast members. That's insane. Uh, is, how does that work in that space? Well, actually, it, it works 
beautifully. We had 16 in Wild Party, which we did in February in the same space. And we have the same kind of setup. We have uh, a runway that comes off the stage. It's a 8 by 12 runway. And then we have two platforms, two 4 by 8 platforms, on one on the east side of the room and one on the west side. And then we have tables and chairs kind of dispersed in, in the middle of all of them. Um, and so the actors, like I said, we have those gossips. They're going to walk in and around the audience and kind of whisper and tell them little, did you hear about uh, Mrs. Oh, you know? And, and so they, the they, mm-hmm, and they watch and they, you know, see all the little things that happen and then they run off and go tell someone else. So, uh, but it, it works really well. Um, we have the multiple stages. So uh, it helps it actually move faster because we can go to one without having to do, it's not a, it's not intended to be a, a prop heavy or a set heavy show. So it's mainly eight chairs, a table, and a few prop pieces. Um, and it just moves along. What's the audience arrangement? Uh, so the audience is on all sides. Okay. Uh, so it's kind of three quarter round. Tables or just chairs? We'll have beaster tables Paper and, and we'll have some chairs where they can just sit as a chair. You know, it, in rows of chairs, but we'll also have tables and chairs. So that's how it would, the tables and chairs would be set up last Yes. Time. And I appreciate it. You can go to the bar, you can get a drink, you can come back to your table and watch the show. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And then we have, like, a red crib across the street, so if you wanted to get something to eat or you wanted to get something at SDG, they have gelato. They have a themed gelato for us. Oh, wow. uh, it's a mulberry gelato, because that was a, <laughs> a you know, uh, they were talking about the mulberry trees in the, the book, so they, they did some research to kind of tie everything together. Sweet. So we encourage it. Go get some food, come back and get a drink. It's a different kind of theater experience Absolutely. than the PAC. Absolutely. How come you left? Money. Yeah? <laughs> I think no. this is an important issue. Yeah, I really absolutely. Do. That's why I'm uh, you know, I think we're the one of the only uh, cities, uh, theater communities in the nation that doesn't really, most of our theater companies don't have their own space. Um, and, you know, no really other community theaters utilize their performing arts center like we do here um and there's nothing wrong with the pac it's you know a great facility we love it but you know when you you know look at the dollars and cents at the end of the the day you're like well we only have two or three days in the space we can't you know get what we really want done technically what the show deserves and so it's not worth the financial risk when you're weighing that um you know they offer a lot as far as marketing and everything that they've done there i mean it's it's great it's just we needed a little bit more freedom to do the shows that we really wanted to do and we can't do two person and one person shows at the pac and be able to walk away and and have paid for it you know yeah, right and we can at the idl tom and angie at green have been fantastic at you know, giving us an incredible rate in order for us to, um, you know, be able to, you know, have a theatrical mm-hmm. space. And we have a, they encouraged us and they said, hey, do you want to have your full season here? And and before we had Wild Party, before we knew what it would be like, we said, okay, let's give it a shot. And Wild Party was a huge success. And so... There let, may be sort of a movement in that direction. I mean, there are fewer theater companies performing there, and more theater companies are finding alternate spaces. Yes. Yeah, it's interesting. And I like the idea of the found space. I mean, I'm always looking for a new way to do theater. And 
we're doing it at IDL. This immersive theater experience and interactive theater experience, I think is where it's at. It's about an experience and that's what we want to do is we want our audiences to walk away with an experience and not just, oh, I saw a show. And we want you to walk away and go, man, that experience. And I, that people have said that that experience was one of the best that I had all year. And that the, the, the word experience is really important. Um, a couple of final questions. Um, one, tell, uh, tell us what you want the audience to walk away with from this play. Why should the audience come see Sense and Sensibility? What's the appeal? Oh, I think this is a story that lives on to this day. I mean, we have this, the sisters and how they're very different, but they're also... I mean, everybody has sibling rivalry, right? And we still... That's, that's an age-old... <laughs> tale you know um we have the the unrequited love we have the the love that doesn't work out in the beginning but then ends up working out in the end the romance the romance it's it happens i mean everywhere today it doesn't just because it has a, a more flowery language i mean this is why shakespeare has lived on so long it's still those stories still last and it's fun to kind of give it a new twist and to make it a little, a little less stuffy and a little bit more fun and silly. All right, all right. Final question, uh, and it's not really a question because you came in here, said you had some <laughs> news, so I'm just going to let you uh, take it take it away. So uh, for a few months, um, Theater Pops and a few other theater companies have been talking uh, in talks about a community theater collective um and so one of those companies is heller and uh, this collective will enable both of our companies and others to more efficiently share resources and the vision of bringing compelling stories and strong messages to the tulsa community while remaining true to both of our missions of producing cutting edge and uh original works yes i am reading this i'm not gonna <laughs> lie um we, we're still trying to get all of our ducks in a row, so I wanted to have something very concrete to say. Um, so um, part of our talks have um, also centered around creating a true theater collective, so kind of an umbrella company um, that will help support all of the local theater groups, which I think is very important, um, especially with the way that the economy is uh, and where we're all desperately seeking funds from arts groups Uh, for our arts groups and the funds are dwindling uh, that it's a way for us to help ourselves build up and be stronger instead of tearing each other apart so this is something that's really really important to us we want our theater community to thrive and I think the only way we can really do that especially during the hard times is working together I think it's really interesting news I really do Uh, I think there's a lot of potential there yes wish you all the best with that thank you yeah. and we, we will be opening the the collective it's open to all tate eligible 501c theater groups in town that are interested in, in you know I, understand, I understand you've had some contact with some of the other groups that yes. things are just it's a process right it's a things process are, yeah, right. we're uh-huh. getting Stay everything tuned for more absolutely information. yes <laughs> Well, it's been lovely having you here. Thank, thank you. you. Thank, thank you so you. much for having me. Oh, for this sure. is fun. Looking forward to the weekend. Yes, thank you. I can't wait to have you back. So. You remind us of, of show dates and times? Just yeah, to... absolutely. It's this Friday and Saturday, so July 21st, 22nd, and 23rd. All shows start at 7.30 p.m. 
at the IDL Ballroom, 230 East 1st Street. It's on the southwest corner at 1st in Detroit. Excellent. Parking? Parking. Street parking is free after 5, Monday through Friday, all day, Saturday and Sunday. And then there is uh, some parking lots right around there, American Parking, so it's like 5 bucks. Uh, there is parking on the uh, northwest corner of 2nd in Detroit, the Bluto Market Parking, and you can pay with a car there. So. I parked in an alley. There you go. Yeah, See, that's letting you, that's saying. Yeah. I park however I want to park on the weekend because no one checks. <laughs> so uh, just as long as you know no one's going to zoom by and hit your car, you're fine. So. Fantastic. All right, super. super. Megan Thank Hurley, thanks for being on the show. Thank you. She was a great interview. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. I am ready to go and see some uh, some Empire Waist dresses and some fancy talking frames. And heaving bosoms. There were, weren't there <laughs> heaving, heaving bosoms? Uh, I mean, yeah, I think well, there was some we'll al- allusion to heaving bosoms. For I'm sure. bringing my camera anyway. <laughs> uh, this was a lot of fun. Hopefully, we'll doing we'll be doing. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll be doing a lot more previews, uh, looking at those upcoming shows, so that people have a good idea of what's playing on stage in Tulsa. That's right. And um, we talked about embroidery. I expect all of your calendars to be embroidered now. I want to see like <laughs> embroidered theater calendars posted J- on our Facebook page. Jane Austen would be so proud. She would, your wife, too, man. You would score some major Jane Austen points with yeah, your wife. Absolutely. Too. I could change my name to Mr. Knightley. Maybe, she, <laughs> maybe she'd love me more. <laughs> hey, everybody, go see shows. That's right. And thank you for listening to Stage Life 918, the podcast. Feel free to leave us a comment. If you've got questions, you got suggestions for, for guests, whatever, let us know what shows you're seeing and what you think about it. And uh, keep on listening. Next week. <laughs>